This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Nick and I realized as we were watching all of the televisions, these are all shows where everybody drives on the other side of the road. I mean, except for like the Canadian things like Murdoch Mysteries. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, left-handed driving. But Murdoch Mysteries, there's still horses. A loophole. Um, so, <laughs> I love a loophole. So speaking of driving left, from New Zealand comes the Brokenwood Mysteries. Let me set the scene. Everybody knows I'm obsessed with New Zealand. Obviously from my love of Lord of the Rings, which everyone knows is a true story that happened in New Zealand. And so this takes place in a fictional town in New Zealand, small town, less than 5,000 people, which is exactly the size of the town I grew up in. And it's like a big city detective comes to the small town and has to work with the small town police force. What a recipe for a fantastic crime drama. And we have the small towns, people are dying left, right, and center. And use code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Everybody, it's Nick Layton. And I'm Leah Bonama. And we're in New York today. And we got so many more questions about weddings that we have an extra wedding bonus episode. Extra wedding episode. It's kind of like a second wedding. Do you have to give us a gift for a second wedding? Good question. Ooh, we'll talk about it in a minute. <laughs> so our first question, though, is who pays for a wedding? I believe historically mm -hmm. it has been the father of the bride. Yeah. Because it was sort of a paying off of properties, I believe is what it was. Right. They Thank were, you so much for taking this off our hands. Yes. Yes. Uh, they were <laughs> investing in the next man who is going to take care of the daughter. Right. Right. I think that's so, yes. where its historical roots came from. As we progress into mm -hmm. a future, uh -huh. I believe that it's Whoever can pay for the wedding. Yeah, I think that is the fair way. But yes, historically, this is true. The bride's family would be responsible for basically like everything related to the wedding. And then the groom's family is responsible for basically everything there on after. So, yeah, this is a little antiquated because, you know, finances these days. I mean, who, who knows who's got money? Well, and also who women, has... you know, aren't property. Also... <laughs> 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 yes, I guess we do need to state that. Yes. I do, however, obviously respect a lot of people want to participate in the traditions of marriage and their bride's family is going to pay for the wedding and the groom's family is going to pay for the, a lot of times they pay for the dinner before. Right, the rehearsal dinner. Obviously, yeah. whatever you want to do. Yeah, if you have the money to spend, you want to spend it, like far be it from us to tell you can't do it. But I think modern approach would be the couple starts and decides, okay, this is our budget for the wedding. And then we go to our parents or our relatives or whoever it is, and we invite them to participate if they want. We can ask, how would you like to contribute to this wedding, if at all? And ask, you know, do they want to pay X number of dollars for something? Or do they want to sponsor this aspect? Or do they want to bake the cake directly? Like, I don't know. However they want to contribute, you couldn't invite them to see what they're interested in doing and then be gracious and uh, thankful for whatever that is. Yeah. Also, I know a lot of families outside of money, maybe the groom's family or the bride's family, they wanted a piece of some sort of family history to be involved. So I think that uh, conversation could yes. be included yeah. in that. Because, yeah, in these weddings, you know, family members have things that they want to see or things they want you to do. And just know if you take someone's money, that rarely comes without strings. So, you know, if somebody's going to give some money for your wedding, they definitely get some input 
based on that money. And good to have it up top. For sure. Have that conversation at the beginning. Yeah. And Ms. Manners has a great quote. She says that getting married is not, quote, license to control other people's finances. <laughs> so just because you're getting married doesn't mean anybody's obligated to pay for it. So keep that in mind. That's a great quote. So our next question is, quote, is it rude to have your wedding on a holiday or on a Tuesday or a destination wedding on a Friday or a Sunday? Mmm. Is it rude? Well, a little bit. Depends. I don't know. I have thoughts. I have thoughts as well. Do you want to say your thoughts first? (laughs) Okay. So I guess at the end of the day, we want to have a wedding that is not going to needlessly inconvenience our guests, right? We want as many people to be able to attend. We want to not add undue burden to them. So the idea that we're having a destination wedding on a Tuesday, yes, this would require your guests to take more time off work than they would if the wedding was on a Saturday. So I think that's just something to note. Definitely something to note. I am a firm believer at the same time that it's your wedding. <laughs> and if you have a dream to, to get married on a, on a Wednesday, okay, on some random uh, occasion that means uh-huh. a lot to you or because perhaps you got the deal of a lifetime. Yes, it will be cheaper. I think live your dream. It's your wedding. However, know that it may put people out and make sure they know they are under no obligation to come because you knew you picked an off day. Yeah. I mean, own your choice. Yes. Definitely own your choice if you have made this choice. Yes. I don't. So that's why I would say I don't think it's rude. I only would think it was rude if you picked an off day for people and then you didn't in under way understand why they couldn't make it. Yes. Or you picked an off day knowing that it was going to whittle down your guest list purposefully like you're doing it because you're trying to get people to not RSVP oh which very strategic very strategic I wouldn't even have thought of that relatedly I was looking at the cost of weddings because a lot of people do pick these sort of less prime time dates because it is a lot cheaper I mean the most popular day I think is Saturday yeah followed by Sunday and Friday so yeah if you really want this great venue but it's much cheaper on a Tuesday I get that But I was looking at the average prices of weddings. In the New York area, the average price is $40,000. And then uh, the lowest cost I saw for a metro area was $25,000 in Tampa. Oh, my goodness. And then everybody was sort of in the middle. So for a four-hour event, this is like $6,000 an hour. Like, this is a lot of money. That's just to rent the space. Well, no, no. This I think, for the total cost of your wedding. Oh, total cost. Okay. I mean, a $40,000 venue, that's very nice. I mean, well, you said New York. That's why I I was a cater waiter. I have seen some things. Oh, in New York City, (laughs) you could absolutely have a venue that will cost you $40,000 for your wedding. Oh. This exists. Yes. The only other thing I was thinking of why a, like, Monday night would be fine is if all your friends work in theater and that's the night the show is dark. That would be a reason why we would do like a Monday night. Yeah, that's why I always feel sort of not sensitive, but fine with this question because I know so many people who have alternative working schedules. Yeah. So like weekends are their work days. Right. And then I guess on holidays, which is sort of related, like if you got married on New Year's Day or New Year's Eve, I guess New Year's Eve is actually kind of a popular wedding time. You're forcing your guests to sort of make that their New Year's Eve, which could be fine. I mean, I'm not a huge New Year's Eve person, so like I'd be happy to go to your wedding on New Year's Eve. I'm not but either. Some people... <laughs> oh, we have something. Okay. 
add that to the list. Um, but I guess, you know, if some people have like real New Year's Eve things, like, oh, I always go to the Met Gala or I always have my own New Year's Eve party, um, then I would not be able to attend your wedding because like I already have New Year's Eve plans. This was the thing you said last time that I thought was so great. I'm going to repeat it here. Okay. To reach out to the close people that you really want to have at your wedding. Yes. And to yes. say, I really want to have you at my wedding. I was thinking about doing it this day. Is this an inconvenience for you? Yeah. Send out a doodle. Yeah. Definitely making sure your VIPs can attend whatever date you're thinking about. Yes, this is key. And, and it goes back to that idea of, yeah, work backwards. Start with your list and then determine the wedding that works for that. Rather than start with your dream wedding and then figuring out what list fits into the dream wedding. And I think just have an open conversation with people. Yeah. And I think most people would probably tell you, if you can afford it, a weekend would probably be more convenient. <laughs> so... Our Except next for me, question. I'm happy to go on a Wednesday. <laughs> well, you're very accommodating. Yes, <laughs> it's one of your finer qualities. Oh. Our next question is, quote, I have a question about being a bridesmaid. I'm feeling ripped off. I was asked to be a bridesmaid for a friend, and I said yes. These days, brides usually ask their girlfriends to be bridesmaids with a cute gift box. Most brides spend at least $10 on the gift. Usually it's a gift box that has a cute glass that says bridesmaid, or it's a candle, bath bomb, or something like that. Or some people do a couple of things that the bridesmaids can wear at the bachelorette party, like a t-shirt or flip-flops. I received a box of candy that was worth exactly $8.50. There were no shipping costs since it was delivered in person. I'm spending a lot of money on her wedding, $300 wedding dress, plus alterations, gift for the shower, gifts for the wedding, another $300 for the bachelorette party, $600 for the hotel. This girl is from a wealthy family and it's going to be a very nice wedding. So here are the questions. How much is the polite or proper amount to spend on a gift for your bridesmaids? I'm spending an outrageous sum and I feel like it isn't being reciprocated. Is it wrong to feel that way? Should I have the attitude that the gift is being in the wedding? Is it wrong for me to not give as much for a shower and wedding gift because I'm already spending over $1,000 on this wedding? I usually spend 100 bucks on a wedding present, but I feel that is too much now considering everything else I'm paying for. And lastly, am I just being high maintenance? I want to say I'm self-aware and I know this is petty, but I truly feel like more could have been done for the bridesmaid's gift. Wow. Okay. Can I come uh, in up top with something? <laughs> Leah's raising her hand. Emotional. Yes, Leah. yes. This is not a how-to response, but this was my immediate reaction, especially to the Am I pe being petty mm -hmm. or I know it's petty is what she said. Yes. Am um, I being high maintenance? Am I, I being high is maintenance is just petty. I think that in any relationship you have in your life, when you start to notice things that bother you, that make you feel, quote, petty, mm -hmm. it's because you're feeling unappreciated. Yes. And slightly taken advantage of. Yeah. And the word unappreciated, I wrote that down too. That is the feeling that we basically are getting from this question because I mean come on would the difference of a dollar fifty in how much she spent on this gift move the needle for you would we have been fine with that ten dollar gift was it the 850 that pushed you over the edge I mean I, I don't think so no she's feeling unappreciated yes yes and I think you're allowed to feel unappreciated your feelings are valid yes that is your truth uh, I think that's totally fine to feel that way I feel like that when we're keeping score, though, this is a tricky thing in a friendship. Oh, that's why I was saying like when you start keeping score, yeah. that's the perfect way to say it. That's when you say, 
I'm not a person who likes to keep score. It's going to be, so I'm just going to note that I feel unappreciated and that all of these things, it's not those little things. It's that it's mounting into feeling unappreciated. And then what do I do with that feeling unappreciated? So it's not like you spent eight fifty instead of $10. It's this overall. I mean, there was no shipping costs. <laughs> she walked it over. <laughs> She's counting gas. Yeah. So, okay. I, well, I think in general, the feeling of not being appreciated by a bride, very common. Yes. Like this feeling of like, oh, I'm doing a lot for this wedding. I'm wearing a dress I don't want to wear. I'm spending all this money. And I feel like I'm not getting my money's worth out of this experience. This is very common. Or even a proper response. Yeah. Like I'm not seeing as much gratitude from the bride as I want. Yeah. So unfortunately, this is very common. I think I think brides out there would be very nice if you made an effort to constantly reinforce to your bridal party how much you appreciate everything that they're doing, even if it feels over the top, because I feel like bridesmaids need to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, what do we do for our letter writer? Because it's not about these questions. They're a red herring. I mean, it's not about how much to spend on a bridesmaid's gift because I don't believe it's either eight fifty or ten dollars. No, but I do think that one question is: Does she have to spend a lot on her gift? Definitely not. That yeah, definitely no. not. No, and as we've established, the ideal wedding gift has nothing to do with the relationship to the cost of the wedding itself. It's whatever you think will please them, and it's whatever is in your budget, and that is fine. That is all that is required. And you've already bought a dress. So you've definitely already bought a dress and you're doing the bachelorette party. You're doing all the other things. So I think a token wedding gift is totally acceptable. Absolutely. And how much to spend? Yeah. Yeah. It's whatever's in your budget. Do you think they should? I guess there's no mentioning I feel unappreciated during someone's wedding. I mean, that goes beyond the world of etiquette. The world of etiquette would say, just let it go. uh, Suck it up and don't bring it up. Because what no good will come of that during the wedding. No, and definitely would, one would wait like three months down the road. Do you get a nice card in the mail saying, thank you so much for being a bridesmaid? Oh, I definitely expect this bride to send handwritten notes of thanks. Absolutely. Yes. I think if the wedding happens and three months later, you're still feeling this way, like the dust hasn't settled on this, then yeah, I think you would take your friend aside and be like, hey, I'm still feeling bothered by this thing that happened and have it out. Yeah. But I think Wait. until we kind of get through this period, because everybody's stressed out, you know, let's have a little empathy for the bride. I'm sure she's, you know, stressed it out It all too. ends. Yeah. I mean, just be thankful you got a gift at all, I guess. <laughs> and now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV, which has the best of British, Canadian, New Zealand, like all sorts of great television. And they have tons of different kinds of shows. Oh yeah, all sorts of genres. (laughs) I'm just severely focused on crime, mystery, murder. That's really my sweet spot. And so obviously the Brokenwood (laughs) Mysteries from New Zealand, this is up your alley. Very up my alley because it combines my love of murder mysteries and my love of New Zealand, which was born from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, no, anything said in a seemingly quiet country town where something goes wrong. Yeah, I mean, this is up your alley. Also, they have a big city detective move to said small town, having to work with the local police, and they have a a different way of doing things that everybody finds to be a bit (laughs) jarring. So up my alley. So check that out and use promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I am loving getting to pick my Books of the Months. 
Is that the appropriate way to pluralize it? I'm loving getting my books of the month, but for multiple months now. So books of the month. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy to order. It's super convenient. Their selection is wonderful. And this month I picked The Ministry of Time, which sounds wild. It is about a civil servant who's helping to manage some government program where time travelers from other eras like come to help with something. And then they apparently fall in love. What? So like this guy from the 1800s is like, what's Spotify? And then like, you know, love happens. So I cannot wait to receive this. <laughs> you know, love happens. And you out there, you're going to love <laughs> Book of the Month. So you can get your first book for just $5 with code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS to get your first book for just $5. Okay, so our next question, quote, I live in Utah. And wedding receptions are usually open house format, where guests come, stand in a long reception line, greet the couple, leave a gift, maybe, have a cup of punch, always non-alcoholic, and there's almost never food, and leave. Anyone with any connection to the couple assumes they're invited. In fact, we were warned by the event coordinator at the venue we selected for my daughter's wedding not to place an announcement in the newspaper or post specifics of the date and time on social media because random people will just show up. She told me some horror stories about people bringing along their house guests and relatives saying, we knew you wouldn't mind. Who does that? Well, word has gotten around about my daughter's upcoming nuptials, and I received a phone call from a neighbor wanting to know the details because they want to come. I barely even know this woman, and my daughter doesn't know her at all. I try to politely tell her that the guest list is limited, and only family and close friends are invited. She was very insulted and told me that I just don't understand how things are done here. That may be so, but the venue is small, and we're having a very nice plated dinner, open bar, and frankly, I don't like how, quote, things are done here. Does that make me a snob? I'm anticipating more phone calls of this nature. Any advice? I also want to say real quick that I talked to some of my friends who live in Utah. Yeah, I, I did some follow-up research on this too. Yeah. And they had not experienced this. Yes, my research suggests that this is actually not how things are done in Utah. So I think what we're kind of hinting at is that these are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Well, the people I talk to are Mormons. Right. Although the Mormons, I think, prefer to not be referred to as Mormons. I oh, think they preferred... I'm they genuinely repeating what was said to me <laughs> okay. from Mormons who called themselves Mormons. So Right. Um, yeah. No, I was looking into that, too, because I wanted to use the correct terminology. They prefer to be referred to, uh, I guess, as members of the church. They would, they would shorthand it as the church or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They don't love LDS or I guess being referred to as Mormon. Um, you can refer to it as the Book of Mormon, but I think they don't prefer the term Mormonism. But uh, I'll let any Mormons in our audience weigh in about how we should refer to this. But be that as it may, I did look into it. And yeah, this is not how the church does weddings and members of the church does weddings in Utah. Like, I think these are just rude people in your town and has nothing to do with how things are done in Utah. Yeah, that's what that was also my research. Yes. What I came up with. <laughs> OK, so we have two sources. Um, but I do think it maybe maybe you're in a certain area. You know, I don't want to not believe this person's experience. So you're in a certain area where okay. this is how it's done. We'll just right. say that. I mean, it could just be a small town thing. Yeah. I could see this just happening in any small town in America. Yeah, this is this town just does it this way. Right. I think you could then have your dinner because you're saying it's a plated dinner, blah, blah, blah. People call, you say, oh, this is a plated dinner. And then if you wanted to follow the rules of this town for positive things going forward, you could say, oh, but we're going to have a nice open house welcoming to the community on 
Wednesday at five o'clock and then set out some hors d'oeuvres and then have that be the open house event. Totally. Yes, I think that is perfect. Yes, I think we want to do the thing that we do in this community. And this doesn't even seem like a heavy lift. Like the open house is brief, does not have to go on all night. You don't have to serve alcohol. You barely even need to serve food, apparently. I think, you know, some nibbles is totally acceptable. People don't stay that long, I don't think. So I think it'd be very easy to kind of do something nice and keep nice relations with the neighborhood. And I think then you're done. Yeah, I think that's a a perfect solution. Yeah. And I want to add on to something said previously that just popped into my head, very perfect solution, about the bride, the bridesmaid. Yeah. I like to, you know, my brain works in mysterious ways. Yeah, it's very circular. (laughs) I wouldn't say circular. I'd say, oh. Boom. Out and then back. It's more like a slinky is what I was thinking. <laughs> oh, what you were saying. I also do think it's a great idea to give the bride the benefit of the doubt during her times of getting because there's so much going on. We don't know what's going on at her end. And so you she may surprise you. Oh, I don't think we're gonna have any surprises from this bride. I don't know. I'd like to think that. I'd like to think that. I don't that. think there's gonna be like uh, That's why I think the three month thing. You know what I mean? Maybe later on down the line. Yes, I, I would like to think that our bride in question one would step up, show the gratitude that our letter writer is seeking and craving. And at the end of all of this, our letter writer will feel good about her efforts and that they were recognized. I think that would be very nice if that were to happen. I'm just putting that out into the universe. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen, but uh, <laughs> we can dream. And then for our friend in Utah, I feel like we've given them a great answer, which is, I don't know how typical this really is. And then uh, just go along with the open house idea. And tell people when they call about the other one, oh, that's a plated dinner. You know, it's a small, but here's the other option. Boom, boom, done. Yeah. So our next question, quote, I recently attended a wedding where the bride and groom had a sign near the gift table. The sign read, thank you to our friends and family. We truly appreciate your presence on this special occasion as we begin our lives together. After much thought and consideration, we have chosen a special way to say thanks. Instead of mailed thank yous, a donation will be made in honor of the bride's late father to an organization of the couple's choosing. Is this wrong, Leah? Is this wrong? You know, previously I said, Uh if you want to get married on a Wednesday Uh at one Uh o'clock, live your dream. Uh I'm not going to say it's rude. Okay. So the word wrong also falls into this category for me. Oh, interesting. I don't want to say what somebody else wants to do living their life is wrong. Obviously, I mean, this whole show is about telling people what's wrong, though. I, not, not what's wrong. <laughs> no, I think that it's somebody's wedding. You know what I mean? Obviously, we wouldn't do this. Oh, yes. I, I would certainly not do this. Yes. I would always write a thank you note. You could uh-huh. mail a thank you note and make a donation. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what bothers me about this. A couple, well, so much bothers me about this. I need to take a moment to. <laughs> I knew it would. That's why I was like, why don't we just let you handle it? <laughs> So, I mean, if the idea is that we want to save money or the idea is the money we would have spent on the cards and the postage, we are now directing to this charity. If that's what we're saying, the amount of money that you are spending on cards and postage for this wedding, maybe $100, maybe $200. Cards and postage for 100 guests, not a lot of money. So we're not saving money by doing this. So what it sounds like is we're using this as an excuse for why we don't want to bother doing this thing and spending time on this tradition of sending thank you. You know, I I read it differently. How did you now that I see now that I read I read it that they would make a separate donation for each person in their name. Do you know what I mean? So they might have. You know, you would get an email. You would get a letter saying thank you. 
Nick for your donation to this charity that this I didn't charity. Uh-huh. And then so they would be making a separate donation for every person. I and see. then they would get obviously a thank you note with that. But I wasn't reading that oh. they were doing one lump sum and like doing it as a. No, no. So. I, no, no. This is in lieu of a thank you note. My misreading. Well, I mean, that is the charitable interpretation of this question. However, in digging into this deeper, the idea that people would do the donation to charity in lieu of thank you notes, not uncommon. Apparently, this is a thing. I was totally unaware. I mean, I was totally so, unaware. In some online forum I went down, I felt like I was in the darkest, most awful parts of the internet on this <laughs> forum. Somebody said, uh, quote, what are you going to do with a thank you card when you get it? Read it and throw it away? That's money down the drain. Instead, pick a charity. So that is missing the point of the thank you note. Someone else said, quote, I like this idea. When I get thank you cards in the mail, I don't even read them. It's a waste of time for that person and money. I would what love do do to have that? a dinner, like <laughs> not where I'm at. I'm just watching you at dinner with those two people. <laughs> well, I would be very polite. I would not convince them that they're bad people. I would just let it go. We would talk about weather. Um, yeah, I, you know, if that's your attitude, then I have nothing for you. If we don't understand why thank you notes are important, why they're the lubricant that makes society function, like why why we just don't think it's important, well, then it's not important. Then, okay, fine. Like, that's where we're at with that. But I think the idea that we are actively choosing not to acknowledge the generosity of your guests and making a donation to something that has nothing to do with your guests, uh, I don't know. I just don't love anything about this. I mean, the donation may have to do with the greater world. Charitable the greater reading. world? The world's greater good. Um. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. You know me and the charitable reads. <laughs> yeah, so I think, is it wrong? Yeah, I, I'm prepared to give you a hard yes on that. This mm. is wrong. Okay. You shouldn't do it. And I think there's really never an occasion where it's acceptable to not send a thank you note for a wedding gift. You know, I, I it just take, also takes me a long time to process these things. I didn't even know they were happening. Yeah, I mean, I feel like your charitable read is because it is so inconceivable. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like is one thing. isn't related to the other in any way. No, it's basically, I don't want to send you a thank you note, but I'm going to pretend that I'm doing something nice. And so I'm just going to make this lump donation to some charity that you don't know about. And that'll be your thank you note. I think they were trying to find a way to recognize, you know, here's my charitable read again. Uh They're trying to find a way to include and recognize the bride's late father. I appreciate that. That's a great detail. I feel like that's a thing that should happen at the ceremony. Absolutely. So I feel like that was happening here. And then something went awry after it. Because also, here's a practical reason why we send thank you notes. That lets me know that you've received my gift. Right. If I sent you the glassware set from Crate and Barrel through the mail and I never get a thank you note, I don't know. Well, I would know then if I got a an email from Blankety Blank organization saying thank you that you got I it. I mean, would you? <laughs> I don't know. Unless that Blankety Blank email also says thanks for the glassware. <laughs> I don't know. So speaking of gifts, our next question is, quote, How often in a person's lifetime can they reasonably expect someone to give a wedding gift? My sister is getting married for the fifth time next year and always does an extensive registry. Am I the rude one if I don't get her another wedding gift? Fifth wedding. Okay. 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 So love is love. But Ms. Manners says that you only have to give a wedding gift for the first wedding. Oh. So you are off the hook for wedding number two and forward. Wow. that's, That's the official Ms. Manners. I think... I like that idea. And I feel like officially that is probably the correct answer. But can you imagine being invited to a wedding and not giving a wedding gift? 
I mean, even if it's a fifth wedding, that feels pretty ballsy. Well, it's a family member. I think it doesn't matter. I mean, if you're invited to a wedding ceremony, I feel like to just be like, nope, this was your fifth wedding. I'm not bringing a gift. <laughs> I, I think it would be very provocative. Oh, to it's not definitely provocative. It, right? So I think this is one of those times when I think I might disagree with Miss Manners on this one. I mean, I think you could, uh, you're saying she does an extensive registry. I think you could, you know, you know, you bought her the flat screen the first time out. <laughs> okay. I mean, you never have to go on the registry in the first place. So just top line, registries are optional. You are always welcome to go off registry. I typically always go off registry. So you're, you're welcome to do that. And you could just do a token gift, which may be one fifth the size of the first wedding gift you gave. Yeah, that but, seems. But I think to show up empty handed, like no gift whatsoever. I don't, I don't think you can do that. I mean, you wouldn't show up empty handed to a house party. You know what I mean? So think of it as a house party. You go to a house party. Okay. Bring your plate of hummus. Okay. <laughs> Is that what you're bringing to my house party? Our next question is, quote, can you bring your own food and beverage to the rehearsal dinner or reception? <laughs> the vegan and vegetarian options are always awful and cold. And can you trust that it's tree nut and gluten free? What does one do? Oh. So I was actually looking into this. There is this Facebook rant about some woman who brought all this Tupperware to a wedding reception and started like unfolding all of these containers at the dinner table in front of all the guests. So uh, I think this is a thing that happens. I giggled the whole way through the question because of the, because that is the visual I get. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't think you can do that. What do you think? I think that you shouldn't. And right. I do understand that people with food restrictions, maybe the food that's brought to you, you, you're unsure about in some way. I think you can not eat it. You don't have to make a show of it. And then maybe yeah, let's you not need make like, a scene. yeah, don't make a scene about it. And then maybe you have like a little snack that you have, you know, you don't want to get low blood sugar or whatever. You know, you want to keep your health up. You know, if, right. it's, if you may have food allergies that you're genuinely worried about. Yeah. I mean, I think in general, the hazards of the catering at a wedding are kind of the similar hazards as just dining out in a restaurant. So, you know, but if this you're person concerned. may never dine out. You know what I mean? Some people oh, have very okay. strict. So in which case, I think don't eat it, but don't bring like a meal that's a, you know, you, you unveil from your back. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I think generally for meals of this sort, you will be invited to volunteer if you have any dietary restrictions that the host need to know about. So you do probably have the opportunity to say like, oh, these are things that are important for me for my meal. Yeah. Part of the question, though, is just that often the food is not that good or that it's cold. Yeah. just For that, if it's not a safety health, like you actually just can't eat the thing or you are vegan and you don't eat this thing. Yeah, just hang just in there because, for two hours. You know yeah, what I mean? I mean, just because the eggplant is cold. I mean, come on. <laughs> I will say, though, at big banquets, like if I'm invited to, you know, one of those thousand person like banquet award things or something like that, I actually go out of my way to order the vegetarian meal. Because it is typically the better meal. Oh, yeah. I always have much better luck with the pasta or the vegetable plate than with like the rubber chicken or the overcooked steak. It's because the timing, as a previous cater waiter, mm -hmm. the timing on meats for large groups of people for the temperature is very right. hard to nail. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're never going to get it. Yeah. You just can't get it for that many people. And even on an airplane, I always get the vegetarian meal. Just oh, man. You know, when, when are we talking about? When when were we getting meals <laughs> on airplanes? <laughs> you know, uh, in, in the before times. In the late 80s, <laughs> uh, I always yeah, I was flying When I was flying Air Cal. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think you should not bring your own food. And I think you should just eat before, plan on eating afterwards, bring some gorp in your purse. You know, I think that's fine. You know, anytime you can work gorp into a conversation <laughs> and into your purse, 
As a mainer, I'm down. Okay. <laughs> Our next question is, quote, a friend was originally planning to get married in mid-May. Due to social distancing precautions, they are having a very small ceremony on the planned date, but are having a reception to follow a year later. Would it be more appropriate to send them the gift now or at the reception, since everyone will be congregating then? Okay. Good question. Feels very topical. It's a very great question. I also think that this is one of those circumstances where you can just ask the couple, hey, this, you know, this happened. <laughs> when would you like your gift? They may, it may be easier for them to get it at a certain point. Maybe they're moving. What? No. Yes. What? Why like, can't we oh, just have so... a conversation? Hey, when do you want? I was going to send it to you now, but would you rather people wait until your reception? What? No, that makes no sense. Just Why send does the gift. that make sense? Be, well, look, send it now, send it later. Like, is it less convenient now than later? Unless they're moving. Yeah, but maybe this person wants to show up with a gift to celebrate their marriage. I think you would send the gift now. Yeah, just commemorate it now. You can't, you shouldn't actually wait until the reception. Because if you wait a year, they're going to think you didn't get them a gift. Okay. Yeah. But you think you would be inconvenienced or you would want to know? Oh, I wouldn't be inconvenienced. I just thought... For some reason, I, my feeling from this was the letter writer was feeling like they should bring it to the reception. So if you're worried about that, then I think okay. you can just ask. Yeah, I mean, I guess asking us this question at all. Because otherwise, guess, just send it now. Right, yeah, we just send it now. But if you feel for some reason that that's what you were supposed to do because of the information given to you, okay. and you're confused, then just to ask. It's not rude to ask. But they make this question sound like they're going to be bringing the gift to the reception and then like a shower, we're going to all open the gifts in front of everybody, which is like not a thing that we do for wedding gifts. But it sounds like, oh, we're going to all sit around and like unwrap these things together. Right. That's why I feel like you can just ask because that's okay. Not yeah. Ask, why are you doing that? That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. No, I would say you should send the wedding gift now. And then if you felt like you wanted to commemorate the wedding again a year from now, then you could do something very token later on. But I think the main wedding gift would happen now. Okay. Because as a married person, if I did not get something and a year had gone by, I would in the back of my mind be like, oh, I wonder if they're going to get me a gift. So we would just take that out of the out of the equation. All right. Okay. Well, these were great questions. And we have lots more wedding questions, but we'll just sprinkle them along our normal episodes as we go along. We don't want to overwhelm anybody. We'll just cake topper them through. Oh. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. We'll just put it in the freezer for a year. <laughs> yeah. So if you have questions for us, we'll say I do to them. So. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so that's a little forced. No, but if you it do was have great. questions. I wasn't ready. It was really, I was delighted. <laughs> if you have questions, please send them to us. We would like to hear them. They can be about weddings or not weddings or anything else. Send them to us through our website, raisedbywolves.com, or you can leave us a voicemail, 267-CALL-RBW, can send us a text message, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV, and Nick and I realized as we were watching all of the televisions, these are all shows where everybody drives on the other side of the road. I mean, except for like the Canadian things like Murdoch Mysteries. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, left-handed driving. But Murdoch Mysteries, there's still horses. A loophole. Um, so, <laughs> I love a loophole. So speaking of driving left, from New Zealand comes the Brokenwood Mysteries. Let me set the scene. Everybody knows I'm obsessed with New Zealand. Obviously from my love of Lord of the Rings, which everyone knows is a true 
true story that happened in New Zealand. And so this takes place in a fictional town in New Zealand, small town, less than 5,000 people, which is exactly the size of the town I grew up in. And it's like a big city detective comes to the small town and has to work with the small town police force. What a recipe for a fantastic crime drama. And we have the small towns, people are dying left, right, and center. And use code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Nick and I realized as we were watching all of the televisions, these are all shows where everybody drives on the other side of the road. I mean, except for like the Canadian things like Murdoch Mysteries. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, left-handed driving. But Murdoch Mysteries, there's still horses. A loophole. Um, so, <laughs> I love a loophole. So speaking of driving left, from New Zealand comes the Brokenwood Mysteries. Let me set the scene. Everybody knows I'm obsessed with New Zealand. Obviously from my love of Lord of the Rings, which everyone knows is a true story that happened in New Zealand. And so this takes place in a fictional town in New Zealand, small town, less than 5,000 people, which is exactly the size of the town I grew up in. And it's like a big city detective comes to the small town and has to work with the small town police force. What a recipe for a fantastic crime drama. And we have the small towns, people are dying left, right, and center. And use code ACORN30 at acorn.tv.